so excited. I just want to dive right into, <laughs> dive right into the lesson here. But Father, open our hearts and minds. Grant us understanding and revelation. Lord, we are into a topic that's disagreed on and argued about. And I've really studied this, Lord, and I've looked at it a long time. And I just ask you to give me grace and give my hearers grace. Let us be patient to get all the way through the te teaching. Don't be too quick to evaluate. Got to pray this through, think it through, believe it through. In Jesus' name, help us, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Amen. Okay, so last week, what I taught, and I just opened the, I just cracked the seals on it, barely, right? Some of you, hopefully, are eager to get back into lesson two and say, where's he going with this, okay? Because <clears throat> I present the case that Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 14, order in the church that the wife should be under the authority, the gune, or the goya, I don't know how you say the word guna, you know, I've heard it pronounced different ways, should be under the authority of her aner. That aner, man, is always translated or often translated husband. And so in the context, which I presented last week, Paul's talking about husbands and wives. Every woman is not under the authority of every man. You already know that. I don't have any authority in your home or on the street or anywhere else over your wife or your daughter. The only authority I would ever have over your wife or your daughter or your mom if she came into a, a, an atmosphere or an environment where I had authority, like a church. I'm an elder. I would have some authority in the church how things operate, just like I would over a man. Or if I was a government leader, you know, I was a king, I would have authority in the realm of making laws. But unless I was a dictator, you have freedom at home. So Paul here is talking about that. And I'm going to start. I have so much um, to go. I want to go back under the law for a minute and talk about how does the law present women. But before I do, flip over to chapter 11, because Paul has already dealt to some degree with this topic, and it's very interesting. Very consistent through the whole book. In chapter 11, verse uh, 3, Paul says, I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is head of the woman, and God is head of Christ. Every man who prays or prophesies with something on his head dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. Since that is the one and the same as having her head shaved. For if a woman doesn't cover her head, she should have her hair cut. But if she, it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut or her head shaved, let her head be covered. A man should not cover his head because he is the image and glory of God, and the woman is the glory of the man. For the man did not come from the woman, neither the, uh, but the woman uh, came from the man. Neither was the man created for the sake of the woman, but the woman for the man. This is why the woman should have authority over her head because of the angels. Okay, and you, you could go on there. But what I want to point out here again, and these words man and wife, and in different translations will actually translate them differently. But they're actually, he's talking about husbands and wives here, and it's obvious. The head of every woman is her husband. Now, how do you know that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Flip over. and it, it's, it's in 1 Peter. But flip over to Ephesians chapter 5. You don't know how much I have to slow down on all this because there's so much 
uh, so many scriptures that I need to go over. I have to slow up so much on this, and I'm just going to. I hope the teaching isn't sloppy. But look at this in chapter 5, uh, verse 22. Wives, submit yourself to your husbands. I'll bet you, and I haven't looked it up, I'll bet you that Greek word is the same word for woman, guni. And I'll bet you that word for husband is aner, the same word for man. It's man and husband. Wives, it's not women, submit to your men. It's because he's talking about wives, submit to your husband because the husband is head of the wife, just like Christ is the head of the church. See, Christ is the head of every man and the man ahead of every woman. That's what he's talking about, men and women, wives and husbands. So Paul is encouraging the women here in chapter 11 to be under the headship of their husband, which is very consistent with Ephesians chapter 5 and also in 1 Peter when Paul talks about the woman being under the authority of their husband. Very consistent. He's not saying that all women are subject to every man's authority. The wife is under the authority of her husband. And so then he says, listen to this. In, in um, verse 5 of chapter 11, every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered, dishonors her head, since it's the same as having her head shaved. Wait a minute, I thought women weren't supposed to speak in the church. I thought women weren't supposed to speak in the church. Paul's addressing the church in this letter in 1 Corinthians. Now, if women aren't, said be silent, right? Be silent. So if women aren't supposed to speak in the church, then why are they praying and prophesying? Have you ever thought about that? Paul's telling them it's okay for a woman to pray and it's okay for a woman to prophesy. Read it. And they're talking about in the church here. Okay. What's the point? She's supposed to have her head covered. What do you mean? She's supposed to be under the authority of her husband. Now, you don't agree with that. You don't believe women are under the authority of their husband. I don't know where you're going to go. I, I, you know, I don't know how you're going to make sense of any of these things. A woman is under the authority of their husband, as also teaches the law. So this is very consistent with chapter 14. Paul was telling the women, be quiet in the church. If you've got questions, ask your husband at home. Be under his authority. Be under his headship. He's already told you that women pray and prophesy in the church. Hasn't he? Hasn't he told you that? Yes, he has in chapter 11. This is, it's so hard because I want to go back and reference the law, what the law says. So let's do that. Do I have time to do that? I want to go the shortest track here. Lord, what do I have time to do? What's the quickest and easiest thing to do? Um, let's do this. Let's go back under the law, okay, un under the Old Testament. So you said that women are not allowed to speak, right, because that's what the law says. Would you go to Judges with me? Go to Judges chapter 4, verse 4. You'll have to excuse me if this is a little choppy because I have so much. I want to uh, order this. I want it to make sense, and I want you, I'm making a methodical case here. If you would go to Judges uh, chapter 4, 
Paul said the law said that women are under the authority of men, or did he, or did he say that wives were under the authority of their husbands? I'm asking you, because in Judges chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Deborah, a prophetess. This is under the law, ladies and gentlemen. Deborah, a prophetess, and the wife of Lapidoth was judging Israel at that time. She was a prophet or a prophetess. What do prophets do? They speak. Not only was she a prophetess, she was the leader of Israel. But it mentions her husband there. Why? Why, Why does it mention her husband? Well, to me, it's obvious she's under the authority of Lapidoth. Deborah, even though she was the judge and the leader of all Israel, she was a prophet. She was still under the authority of Lapidoth and her family, and he still was her head. Now, Paul said, the law said women shouldn't usurp authority over men, but under the Old Testament law, Deborah was anointed by God to be a prophetess who speaks for God, and also she led Israel. So how does that make sense? Unless Paul was talking about wives being under the authority of their husband, which is what Genesis 3, 16, which all the scripture, all the commentators reference when Paul talks about the law speaking about the authority of the husband and wife. But that's not all. Flip over to Exodus chapter 15. And let's read uh, verse 20. So flip over to Exodus chapter 15. I I know I'm making logical sense to you. Surely you see that Deborah was a judge over all of Israel. She led the whole nation, including the men, under the law. And she was a prophet. Wasn't she? Just like the women in the Corinthian church were praying and prophesying, weren't they? Chapter 11, You you, you bet you they were. Exodus chapter 15, verse 20. Then the prophetess Miriam. Wait a minute. I thought the law taught that women had to be silent. Isn't that what some people say? Then the prophetess Miriam, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women came out following her with tambourines and dancing, and Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, and he has thrown the horse and the rider in the sea. She was singing prophetically, and she was a prophet of God. Isn't that amazing? There's another woman that's out there, and she was a leader, by the way, in Israel. She was one of the leaders. Aaron, Miriam, and Moses were three leaders in Israel. And she's praying and prophesying just like 1 Corinthians 11, where women were praying and prophesying. They were. And she was living under the Old Testament law. I got one more. Really, in a sense, there's two, but I got one more. Uh, 2 Chronicles 34, 22. Two or three witnesses, let every word be established. 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verse 22. Did you guys know this was in the Word? Did you all know this was in the Word? Okay. Second Chronicles 34, verse 22. So Hilkiah and those the king had designated went to the 
Would you read it out loud to yourself? Went to the prophetess Huldah, the wife of Shalim, son of Toka, son of Heresh, keeper of the wardrobes. She lived in Jerusalem in the second district. They spoke with her about this, and she said to them, This is what the Lord God of Israel says. Now, wait a minute. I thought Paul says the law said that women have to keep silent. Right? Didn't he say that? As also says the law, women should keep silent. That word church, it wasn't like church that we have now. And I got to finish this up. I'm going to run out of time. That word church just meant assembly. He was talking about the assembly, the ecclesia. It wasn't like we think of church, you know. He says in the assembly, in the ecclesia, Women ought to keep silent, just like the law said. Well, under the law, obviously, women weren't silent. What he's talking about is women need to be under the authority of their husbands, as also says the law in Genesis 3.16. Because clearly we hear Huldah says, isn't this amazing? Boy, I could preach. I wish I had time to preach on this stuff on Sunday mornings. Huldah says, here is what the Lord says, all you men. Thus saith the Lord. And she was prophesying to men, priests. She was talking, prophesying to women. She was prophesying to men. She was prophesying to Israel. Because she was a prophetess. Are you with me? I'm building my case. And I'm not done. We'll come back next week. And maybe I got one more lesson, maybe two in here. And we'll keep showing you that clearly Paul's talking about women being under the authority of their husbands. And by the way, in that scripture in Chronicles, it tells you who Holda's husband was. And she was under his authority, as also saith the law. It's also very consistent with 1 Timothy 2. Paul's talking about husbands and wives there too. I won't have time to teach on that. All right, see you next week.